I'm going to have to go back and listen to a lot of this podcast and decide if I agree with what I'm saying. <laughs> it's fine. Because some of it I'm like hearing myself and going, I don't know if like in a week I'll be like, yeah, I like how I said that. Um, because so much of the... Friends, thanks for listening again to the Remind Podcast. Welcome back. Last week, we talked about the spiritual gift of tongues and how does that work. And this week, we're zooming out a little more broadly into spiritual gifts in general. What are they and how do I find what my gift is in the body of Jesus? And so I'm excited for you to listen to this one as Zach and I discuss a really great topic, spiritual gifts. Thanks for listening. I don't know, is it right for us to look at Azusa Street in Acts 2? This is a question that I've actually had from the previous podcast. Is it right to emphasize Acts 2 so much that we try to model our church after it? And I, because I feel that's what um, William Seymour did. Mm -hmm. He just modeled his church on Acts 2. They were trying to duplicate the events of Acts 2. Right. And that means speaking in tongues in public space. Right. They, what, what the Pentecostalism movement does, or let's put it this way, what the Azusa Street Revival did, yeah. let's be specific, was to take the events of Pentecost as normative. Normative means as an ongoing normal thing, okay? This is what Christians do. Yes. Period. What do I see in Acts 2 that I love? What do I see in Acts 2 that I don't love? I think what we want to actually look into is where do we see room for continuity and where do we see room for discontinuity? I think we see room for continuity in Acts 2 to today for us to increase our expectation for God to do something supernatural in our midst. And he does. Listen, on Sunday mornings, when we're in this room together, when we are, when we are singing praise to the Lord, when we are praying, when we receive communion, these are all miraculous activities, but Acts 2 does invite us to have a higher level of expectation for God to do something. Does it have to be tongues? No. Could it be, as 1 Corinthians 14 points out, could it be prophecy? Yes. Could it be a song? Yes. There are a lot of ways for the body to be edified. I don't know if I want to see the events of Acts 2 duplicated in our church. I want to see the spirit of Acts 2. Yeah, like a terrifying wind that just blows through our uh, windows over there. Well, sometimes that happens. Like on a Sunday morning, that wind like creaks the <laughs> the roof. But I, I want to see the spirit of Acts 2 where the Holy Spirit is free to lead in our worship. Where preaching, by the way, notice, miracle and sign and preaching kind of go together in chapter 2. Where preaching is still an emphasis. I mean, the most verses in Acts chapter 2 are actually given to a sermon. Not... I mean, the, the part about the fire falling and the wind blowing is, you know, 12 verses, 13 verses, but the rest of it is a sermon. Mm -hmm. I want to see the spirit of Acts 2, not the Holy Spirit, but like the, the intent of Acts 2 and what it invites us to see God doing and, or wants to do in our midst to be yes. replicated. So I want to jump to another term that, that you'd um, written out for me. And we, we started to hint at it before, and it's like the it's the verses. The verses cessationism yes. versus the continuationism. Is this yes. what we're talking about right now? A little bit. That's what we talked about a couple minutes ago when we were saying, you know, there are kind of two kinds of people. There are continuationists who say the sign gifts continue today. And then there are cessationists. And, and to be fair, cessationists would say, 
the gifts are real, but not for today, or at least not normative. Well, let me, like, why? Why? So, like, if we're going to be a word church and a spirit church, mm -hmm. um, and we have, like, and then let's say I'm a cessationist, um, because I think I probably, after speaking and talking and trying to learn more about this mm -hmm. and, and listening to some, you know, you and other others that I trust, I, it seems to me more logical that there would be nothing that, I mean, there are some things different, like, you know, uh, the original apostles, right? like the word apostle is different for Peter and James and John right. than it is for like a gift, says, that, a gift that somebody has. Like yeah. there's a difference there. Yeah. Um, you know, the gift of prophecy in the Old Testament where you had to be 100% accurate because right. you're gone, like literally no life left. Yes. Like, Let's get versus some Versus like some prophecy now, right? Like, you know, we can talk a little bit about those. But sure. It just seems to me a little bit more logical that like why, like nothing has stopped. So what, who who is who's the leader in sensationalism thought? And in sensationalism that, or, or cessationism? Cessational. Let's pick like two words that sound exactly the same and use right. them. Who are the leaders in like where does that come from? Cessationist why, why thought. They, why, why would somebody the academics or um, others that would be very inf influential? Why have things stopped for them? I think they look at the chaos. I mean, to name names, one of the key figures in the cessationist movement would be John MacArthur, who is out west. He's written a book called Charismatic Chaos. He's also written a book called Strange Fire, which are about the miraculous. And let's be honest, like charismatic worship at its worst can be wacky, can be strange can have, I think, a tendency to violate Paul's command that worship should be orderly. Um, so cessationism is held by, well, my alma mater, Moody Bible Institute by Dallas Theological Seminary, but it is, in the church globally, the minority position. It hmm. exists almost entirely in the academy. Functionally, hmm. most Christians are, functionally most Christians are cessationists because they believe God can, they just believe he won't. They believe God can heal somebody, they just don't think that he will. I've actually said that. You know, I believe God can do that. But, but, but continuationists are saying, are the folks that say, I believe God can and I believe God will. And I don't, not, which is not to say, on the function of my belief, God will. Right, okay. It's not my faith that moves God, although I am in partnership with him. This is a sticky area that I'm still trying to figure out. I still am in partnership with God. Right, and he wants me to learn obedience the way Jesus learns obedience, and that's partially through what he suffers. And I learn obedience through, um, through kind of stepping into the lifestyle of Jesus. I don't think it's a good place to live. Like, oh, there's that person who has the gift of healing, and so we travel him around just boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. it, it it seems to me like. Um, you know, sometimes God makes his will evident and I don't need to have a gift for that. Sometimes he can do it. Sometimes that gift is given to me in the moment. Um, in fact, I was reading somewhere recently, somebody talking about how really the Greek of like the gift of healing, it's almost like gifts of healing. And so is there, you know, is a person particularly blessed with the ability to pray for people, say, who are experiencing infertility and miscarriage and pray for them such that pray for people such that there's a lot of fruit in that area. I know somebody that does that. I know somebody that would say, I've prayed for a lot of people 
who are struggling with infertility and miscarriage. And many of them, not all of them, but many of them have gone on to have babies. Mm. Why does God do that? I mean, I, I don't know. And so we can get wacky with those things. We can start again, chasing the gift, not the giver. But I think there's, you know, we're trying as a church to just look at the life of Jesus as the standard model for my life, right? I'm just yeah. looking at Jesus and saying, well, how Jesus lived is how I can live. Uh, so, yeah, I think even, so to take that example you gave, that person that you know that has done some praying for some folks and been in that particular in area, that particular area, I think in my mind, at least, it would even sound a little weird. Like if, you know, Jen and I were struggling with this or something mm. and you were to come to me and say like, Hey, I know a guy. Right. I, I don't think that you would do that, but I, I would immediately be like, I don't care who you know. Right. Like. It, like it wouldn't make sense to me because to me, tell me if I'm right or wrong. Is right. that not chasing the gift? Like I'm going to this this magic shaman guy, essentially. I, I think it could become that. In this case, we know this person personally, and someone we know personally said, "Next time you see this person, maybe ask so and so to pray for you because so and so's had, you know, some some favor in this area or some fruitfulness in this area." I'll tell you what, on the one hand, you're like, that's weird. Mm. On the other hand, when you're Kyle and Steph and you're five weeks into your pregnancy with who we now know to be Jack Tennant, mm. you're like, yeah, I'll take it. Like, I don't know how that works, <laughs> but you know what? Why not? And if like the Lord wants to use that, like, great. Um, but I think, I don't know if that's, I, I don't know if that's where I want to get as a church is, oh, well, there's Zach, so if you've got arthritis, go to him. Mm. And uh, there's Randy, and uh, if you have right knee pain, she's your girl. You right, know what I mean? Right, like, I don't right, want to do right. that. But I, I do want us to see how God manifests himself through us, and he does that through his gift, through, through spiritual giftings given to us by the Holy Spirit. So continuationism versus cessationism. Continuationism would be... The gifts are continuing on in today, and any believer could expect to receive the ministry from that gift or have that gift to bless others with. And I know like the gifts, we could talk about like the five in what, Ephesians? In Ephesians 4, yeah. We emphasize Ephesians 4 where Paul says he has given... The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers for the building up of the body that we would in every way measure up to the likeness of Christ. So yeah, we tend to say that we tend to emphasize and disciple people in those five. It's not to say that the other gift lists don't count, but it just helps me to start with those five. Um, yeah. And so we would say like those gifts kind of continue, um, especially like, you know, cessationists would have a problem with the idea of um, the apostolic and prophetic ministry kind of continuing. Mm. Right. Well, I think, I mean, there's, there, I, I think that there's a big difference between Paul and Peter mm. and like for you, I think we would both agree have like a, more of an a, a apostolic gift. Like it, you yeah, know, I'm hesitant to say, hi, I'm Kyle. I'm an apostle. Right. 
I tend to say I operate in the apostolic gifts. Right. I tend to say, you know, Steph would be a little bit more in the prophetic zone. Steph operates in the prophetic. I think it just hits our ears as 21st century Westerners in the shadow of some weird charismatic stuff on television to hear someone say, oh, yeah, I'm an apostle. Yeah, and I think it, I think it hits non-believers in like a secular crowd, too, that like we're just living in this like past fairy tale land that we can't seem to get out of. Sure. Yeah. And um, and there's many reasons for why they believe that and right. and, and whatever. But um, it, yeah, it just doesn't sound good to us. No. Oftentimes. No. So yeah, and that's what I was talking about before. You know, earlier when we were talking about tongues, like phase one and phase two kind yeah, of ideas. Right. 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 So we kind of move into this different mode or way the gifts work Mm -hmm. is that fair to say yeah um i guess then the the thing that like when i think about these gifts sometimes i get because i get a little irritated okay personally okay when it comes to like psychology tests Mm -hmm. and pigeonholing i was gonna say you don't like when like there's a strong definition about a person right and and so I guess sometimes like with the gifts then even, and the question that I want to ask is like, what's the difference and how do we determine whether it's a gift that's given by the Holy Spirit okay. versus just like a natural talent that are, that, that are just upbringing and environment and it's just who we are. You understand? Couldn't that be part of how God gives us the gift? Yeah, I, I think so. So I, I think sometimes... I, every once in a while, I wonder, like, I wonder if Paul wanted us to talk about the gifts this much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I, I do think that when we start talking about fivefold ministries, uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher, the apostolic, the evangelistic, the shepherding, the, the teaching, huh. we'll edit that out. We'll just leave that right there. I'll leave that. What if that was the intro bit, like my yawn? That, this actually, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you know, we talk about those things. Some of that, you know, I am naturally in my wiring since childhood more driven than others. Mm. Okay. You are naturally in your wiring more able to consume information than others. How much of that is spiritual gifting? How much of that is upbringing? Doesn't matter all of who we are is a gift to the body. As a disciple, I lay down all of my treasure, all of my talent for the sake of the kingdom, right? And treasure can mean my time, it can mean my money, it can mean a room in my home, right? You have someone living with you in your home right now, we've done that in multiple seasons of our life. We may be on the verge of another season of it after a conversation I had today. Um, I don't know. And if you're listening person I'm thinking about, no pressure. But I also think, you know, and then all of my talent and whether my drive comes from um, having a mom who was a woman in sales and in the corporate world at a time when a lot of women weren't and so she kind of built that into me or whether that's because I'm an Enneagram 3 or whether that's because I'm a first child or whether because God has kind of called me into a ministry of apostolic leadership in our body. 
it doesn't matter where it comes from. That is mine. That is that is something I'm to give to the body for its building up. And so for you, whether your inf ability to digest information um, comes from, you know, just having a higher IQ than some of us, or having an ability to learn, or being a prophet, or being being in the prophetic, or being a teacher, or whatever it is, like it's still a gift. It's still to be given to us as a as a gift to the body, right? And so I think like. I think we can get stuck in the rabbit hole of where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Instead of just saying, well, here I am. Yeah. And Paul says to Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. So whatever the gift is in me, I want to fan that into, into flame so that it's a blessing to others. I want to fan it into flame so our body benefits from it. Well, I think, I mean, that can be a very, on one end, maybe maybe somebody can be encouraged by that. Somebody can be very convicted by that because I think there's many people, maybe myself included, that might know what our gifts are but don't necessarily feel like they're using them sure. to the fullest extent. So that, to me, that's a motivating to understand right. that the gifts are something, regardless of where they come from, they, regardless of uh, God gave them to me. I, I think as a Christian, what I can say is I can give the glory to him in, in the it, with the fact that he gave me that I he either set up the environment or he gave he just gave me the gift one day at 26 years old right and then all right, of a sudden right, I started studying right. about him whatever however it happened I have an urge now uh -huh. to use it and right. I feel like when I'm not I, don't, I, I hesitate to say that I'm sinning but I mean it, it kind of is and I think I think I would, the New Testament would agree with that, right? I think it would. And maybe not because of, let's put it this way. You know, Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, and I like how Eugene Peterson translates this in the message, when he's talking about spiritual gifts, says, each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Okay. Zach, you have things to do that shows who God is. Which means it is the most, one of the most loving things you can do for me or for anybody in our church to do that thing. Which means if you're not doing it, what are you doing? You're certainly not loving me. Right. right. You're certainly not loving our body. So is it a sin because you're not using your gift? I don't know. Is it walking in the fullness of... If sin is anything done without faith, and if sin is anything that really is not walking in the way of Jesus, I think we could say, yeah, it's, it's not really walking the way of Jesus to hide my gift under a bushel. Mm -hmm. And so one of the... This is actually kind of a fun preview, this little conversation, because in later episodes... Um, this fall, we want to really begin to equip our whole body because I really sense that the next, even if let's, let's imagine a world where miraculously COVID disappears, um, which I challenged our church to pray Psalm 91 for 91 days, which would end on June 16th, um, that COVID would go away. And so maybe it does praise the Lord, um, in a more realistic world or a more cynical world for me. We're going to spend the next year kind of walk, like living in a world with a virus that could mean we have to retreat from gathered spaces or whatever. I want to use this year so that fall of 2021, we are a church equipped to mobilize, right, and live as missionaries. Part of that's going to be everybody in our church, or at least as many as we can possibly get our hands on, knowing and living into their fivefold gifting. And I think that... Um, I don't want any one person in our church to think I don't have anything to contribute because you do. Mm -hmm. And not only is it filtered through that fivefold, you know, apostolic prophetic shepherding. I mean, Zach, one of your spiritual gifts is cutting through the bull. 
Well, you one know. of the things I w like in the name of that. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted like what's interesting about gifts. Yes. Is everybody can think of back to a Christmas time where they got a gift and their brother or sister or if you didn't have a brother or sister, a friend of yours got a gift that you wanted and you didn't get. Right, right. And like I feel like this is the same thing. I've already had in these conversations about gifts, I've had maybe personal feelings, maybe a little bit, um, but at least conversations with other people where they felt like there's like, you know, when I think of like apostle, yeah, right? Or if I think of like prophet, yeah, you know, the church will be built on the prophets and the apostles, yeah, right? Pretty important. Yeah. So if you're not an apostle or a prophet, then yeah, you know, sucks to not, be you. Yeah, yeah. Sucks to be you. And I think we need, we're going to need to guard against that. And that's what Paul's writing about in 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14, which is why he says, he ends the discussion on, on spiritual gifts with the love chapter. The love chapter that we read at weddings, love is patient, love is kind, love never fails, is not actually in a context of wedding and matrimony. It's in a context of, you know, like don't exercise your gift in such a way that it violates love. And here's what I would say. As, an, as, an, as someone who operates in the apostolic, I am so thankful for the shepherds in our community. I am thankful for Arch Cooper. I am thankful for Randy Banning. I am thankful for Jairus Banning because they come alongside people and care for them while Kyle's like, you know, not just five steps ahead. He's like, not just around the next bend, he's around two bends and everybody else is wondering where Kyle went. It's the shepherds that kind of hold us together. It's the teachers that help us know how to get where we need to go. It's like you're actually all the way up around us and just like pushing us forward. Yeah, right. <laughs> and 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 we need all of those gifts. And and there, there are two things that can happen. One is we celebrate some gifts at the expense of others. The other is that we, and the, under, the other side of that is envying some gifts, right? And and Paul does say, by the way, Paul says, pursue the higher gifts, right? Chase after them. He says, I wish everyone could prophesy. Okay, well, we have to work with that, right? But we never really elevate like one gifter over the other. We don't elevate one leader over the other. Um, this is why Paul kind of gets into that in 1 Corinthians. What we do is we keep our eyes on So with all that said, then what do you feel is the, because I had mentioned something about like psychology tests and yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can like do all these tests that everybody right. has and those might be the best way, but what is the best way in your opinion to do, to determine somebody's spiritual gift or gifts? Yeah. I don't think when Paul was writing these letters that he had in mind that somebody would later create a, t a psychology test that like we fill in our bubbles and... I got 37 points for teaching and 32 points for evangelism, therefore those are my gifts. I don't think that they're entirely not useful because God wastes nothing. He's gracious. If God waste, if God let some things go to waste, then we wouldn't be here. So I think they're useful, but I think they're most useful when they initiate a conversation, not end it. I had a friend who pastored a church and they emphasized spiritual gifts and a woman at his church would take these spiritual gifts tests and teaching would come out on top every time. Well, listen, when, when she taught the Bible, she was sincere. She, she cared for people. She had a desire to like understand God's word. She was boring, mm -hmm. okay? 
So probably you don't have the gift of teaching, right? At least like speaking teaching. Right. Maybe what, you know, listen, do you know what some pastors have? Some pastors have like assistants who do their exegesis for them and like send them like a five page top sheet yeah. that like then the pastor looks at and then that's how the pastor makes their sermon. Like maybe that would be a great role. Maybe that's what teaching could look like, but let's not get a, put a mic in your hand. And I think again, though, that was used to end the conversation, not begin it. Mm. Instead of saying, okay, hey, these came out. These, these are the results came out. What do you think? Well, let's throw you in ministry. Let's see what your gifts are. Let's, you know, it has been through a period of five to seven years now. I mean, I planted Regen in 2014. And even then, I mean, I, I can look back and see moments of apostolic ministry of starting new things in my life. Um, and it has been that being affirmed by others that have helped me see that's my role in the kingdom. I think that's really key, the affirmation from others. Exactly. So if you're by yourself, you can call yourself a prophet all the Heck time. Heck yeah, you can. Nobody's like right. confirming that. Then that's what just, did you you're, prophesy? you're just hanging out out there. And so we need our community to, to, I think Paul pictures kind of a mutual discernment process in the New Testament where um, I'm exercising a gift and other people are saying, yeah, that's what you're here for. And I don't think even... But there needs to be a... Con- and that's, I think, what we're doing. I'm just yeah. cutting you off. Yeah, go ahead. Um, there needs to be... The conversation needs to be constantly open. Yes. To even have like, hey, yeah. did I just do something prophetic? Well, like, do you know why? <laughs> because Paul... Mike Breen, as he writes about this, and, and he's influenced me heavily on this. Mike Breen would say, really what God wants us to experience is maturity in all five of those areas. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. He wants me to do all that. So I would even say... You know, when I was in Cuba, I couldn't speak the language. I was getting clear images and words and passages of scripture for people that speak a language I don't speak, that I would grab a translator that would cut them to the heart. I was experiencing some growth in the prophetic. Is that an area of ministry I operate in all the time? Absolutely not. Um, but it's something I, 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 I can do when God kind of calls me into a phase, which can be over a short period of time or a long period of time. Um, those are key. So I would say if you want to determine what your gift is, you know, do some reading. Um, Alan Hirsch has some really good books on this. His model is called 5Q, um, and he's really worked on this. Alan Hirsch could be good. Pick that up. Start working through that. Have a conversation with the people that know you best. Have a conversation with, I don't know, the pastor. Have a conversation with others in leadership. What role do I have? And if you want to really grow in that, say, hey, I want to grow in my gifts. All right, well, we're going to throw you in a couple areas. You want to learn how to teach? Let's jump into preaching cohort. I was going to say, I feel like you get, like a lot of, I feel like a lot of it's like trial by fire. It is. And, it is. Um, and that is something that most people aren't comfortable with because they don't want to fail. That's it. And so what we're trying to create in our community is a community with a, a high risk, a, a high tolerance for risk and failure. Uh, because as long as we're failing forward, as long as we're fo- failing in the right direction, I'm all in. Yeah. Right. And when you're in an environment with people all kind of learning and doing and, and willing to, to move in that direction, it's not, it's not failure anymore. It's just, it's just, it's feedback. It's, that's like something I use in my gym. It's not failure, it's feedback. And I think, you know, for me, I would not say, I would not say that I'm, I'm a great teacher. I love to learn. And when people t- say that I'm a teacher, I say, yeah, I think I'm more of a corrector. <laughs> Which is more prophetic I than it is. Like, and I, I think that maybe if I really wanted to just dig in and become a better teacher, then I could. Like, it's just, I've got to put myself on that fire, though, and be right. willing to be, right. you know, feel embarrassment and feel 
Well, and you were in our preaching cohort and you preached while I was in Cuba and there was some good feedback like for that. And and I offered some, hey, here's how to improve in this area and that. I think it is though, yeah, it's a, it's a, you got to try and you got to be able to fail. There's got to be room for that. And so we're trying to create room for that as our church. So then your answer for how to determine is basically just a little bit of like self-reflection. There's got to be some study. Like you have to understand God's word and, mm-hmm. um, and what he says about these gifts. Mm-hmm. And then there's got to be uh, maybe in these, maybe in that order, maybe study, self-reflection. Um, and some commu- ask, yeah, some like, community conversation. Community, and then try, yeah. trial by fire. Maybe yeah. it's like those four things. That's why I really yeah, let's have a little teaching series on that. Yeah. I just loved that conversation. I hope you did too. If you're interested in learning about your five-fold gifting, we would really encourage you to read Alan Hirsch. He's got a great book called 5Q that's all about these five gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. And if you have more questions about spiritual gifts and the Holy Spirit, you can use the voicemail uh, in the show note link and leave us a message and we'll see how many of your questions we can get to in the weeks ahead. 